Well, good morning, good afternoon, good night. Uh, we are we're back. We're back at you here talking. Get ready to talk about uh, a Disney show that's uh, actually ended a few weeks ago, but we're we're kind of behind. We're trying to play catch up. Uh, my name is Josh, or as I as I go by on the on our on our website, Phantom Correspondence. I'm Wise Sage. I'm here with uh, the EIC, Jacob. Jake, how you doing? Uh, I'm good. The self-proclaimed wise sage. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, obviously it's self-proclaimed. I mean, I, I was the one who said it. It's true. Yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, and then uh, also we have uh, Al. Al, how are you doing tonight? Um, I'm doing just fine. Uh, Josh, how are you? Well, you know, I'm good. I'm good. You know, when I'm when I, when my wisdom isn't being called into question, I'm I'm very good actually. No, well, uh, you're not. Well, you're not very good very often then. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, look at that. Look at yeah. Well, well, well played, Al. Well played. And uh, and Alyssa, how are you? How are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? Well, I guess I'm you just told Al how you're doing, but well, it it, it, it it's all good. It, it's good to have you know some some kindness on the podcast, you know, as opposed to the <laughs> to the three cantankerous men that we are. Speaking of cantankerous men, listeners, let me ask you a question: Do you like lore that goes nowhere? Do you like nerds? <laughs> Do you like Star Wars? Well, then we have a podcast for you. For whatever reason, actually, I'm not even going to lie. It's probably the thing I'm most excited about this year. Uh, Red Lanyard and the SC Jacob are going to be diving into the Star Wars Extended Universe. And they are, and when I say the Extended Universe, I mean everything and all things, Okay. We're starting off with Light of the Jedi, right? Yeah. Which is the new Charles Soul. Well, not new anymore, but but it's basically the Charles Soul book that talks about the High Republic. Uh, but 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 listen, if if you're one of those like, hold on, Disney killed Star Wars guys. Don't worry, because there's going to be plenty of Thrawn and Mara Jade and and Prince Jizor and plenty <laughs> plenty of the Star Wars legends for you to grasp on. Uh, so definitely be looking out for those. Definitely uh, be uh, uh, interacting with that um, because if there's anything that deserves interaction, it's the Star Wars expanding universe uh, in all of its glory. Um, and uh, although we've got uh, some some stuff planned out, uh, pretty harsh stuff planned out. If you guys have better ideas of things that you might want to hear about, uh, definitely let Jake and I know. I'm pretty sure they they'd squeak one in for you uh, if they had to. Uh, you know, um, I'm, I'm I personally really want uh, to know. Because uh, you, you're not doing it, I, I want to know more about the Star Wars Christmas special, um, oh. where we learn about Life Day. Yes. <laughs> I, well, uh, and by the way, there was a comic, like oh I own it. Okay, you've got okay, oh, we've I got, got the comic. Yes, okay, no, there it. was a Star Wars comic just called Life Day. Yes. So I mean, so here's the thing, guys. That's brought into canon now. I don't know if his, I don't know if Chewbacca's strange Wookiee family's been brought into canon, I, but Life Day is in canon. The Star Wars version of Christmas. Of Christmas uh, or the Star Wars holiday, I guess, uh, you know, um, because Christmas and Star Wars would be weird. So running the birth of Darth Vader would be kind of strange, I think. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> but like, but anyway, the Star Wars version of of the holiday, Life Day, it's in canon. Uh, so that's something I definitely, I think we need to talk about more. So I, I'm, I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, just, just throwing that stuff out there. But anyway, that's all we're here to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about a Disney Plus show that ended a couple weeks ago. We were, like I said, we've been behind, but it was a good enough show. 
you know, and uh, had enough buzz about it that we did want to talk about. We want to talk about Hawkeye. You know, we want to discuss the Hawkeye show. Um, there's a lot to digest here. Um, I've already spoken a little bit uh, before this podcast started that I will readily admit that my opinion of the show is colored by the fact that I am a big Hawkeye fan uh, just in general. I've, I've always loved Hawkeye. Uh, he was, he's always been a, a character I've, I've gravitated to. I'm not sure why. I just, I just, I've, I've always liked him. It's like, okay. You know, yeah, he's just, he's just great. You know, he's just, you know, there's, there's, you know, I, I, to me, there was just something I'll never forget, you know, in, in the Captain America and the Avengers game, there's something about, you know, walking up and instead of choosing the Android or the guy in the Iron Man suit or the super soldier, you choose the guy that has the bow and arrow. There's just something about that. Uh, and so I've, I've always loved Hawkeye. Uh, but this show did have did have some 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 controversy to it. Uh, there's some things that we're, we're definitely going to get into. But just real quick, before we dive into deep, deep discussion, okay? Um, I want everybody just, you know, just kind of give me like 30 seconds, you know, and maybe a score or just like, you know, a grade or whatever, on what you would, what you thought of the overall show. So, uh, Alyssa, we'll start with you. What did you think of the overall show, just in general? It was okay. No. Um, okay. <laughs> I I don't have anything against it at all. Um, it it was okay. Um, it wasn't my favorite of the Marvel shows, and like I don't have a specific reason why because it was fine. Like, nothing wrong with it. It was totally fine. Um, but, yeah, it was it was okay. Well, well actually, unless you bring up a, an interesting point, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to swerve real quick. Um, let's just do that, okay? So, like, Hawkeye in relation, this is the fourth, right? Fourth MCU show? Fifth, or you, you're counting what if you're going to be that guy, right? Okay, all right, okay. It's so going to be so, a Doctor Strange. All right, yeah, fine, fine. that for everybody. All right, fine. So, so this is the fifth MCU show. Um, Alyssa, where, where would you put it? Is is it in the? Is it is it towards the top? Towards the bottom? Maybe just square in the middle? What do you think? For me personally, I think it's towards the bottom. Um, and that said, like, I don't dislike it. It's fine. Um, I think I just really, really liked the other ones so much that I I don't know it it kind of fell flat for me a little bit, but again, it was fine. So <laughs> I want to make it very clear to anyone listening: I'm not out here hating on Hawkeye. So <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, uh, so, okay, Al, Al, say, same question, man. You know where where where, where do you put it? How, what do you think of the show? Yeah, um, I enjoyed it overall. Um, it was very refreshing for me to get back to like um, the more grounded kind of street level stuff. Um, I'm a huge fan of like the street oriented um, plane of comics. Uh, that's the kind of realm I gravitate towards. Um, and and like yeah, I enjoyed the vast majority of it. Um, I had a couple of. It, a couple of small issues with it that I'm sure will come up as we discuss it. Uh, but overall, um, I thought it was really well done. Um, I had um, a lot of fun with it. I would put it um, either second or third 
um, in the in the list of the MCU um, shows on Disney Plus. Um, I go back and forth on if I liked it or Oki more, but um, yeah. um, yeah, it's either if it's not my second favorite, um, it's right um, smack dab in the middle. Okay, Jake, same question. I actually kind of feel weird because the more I've thought about it, I think I kind of lean a bit more towards Alyssa's side on this. Um, it's very, very good. A lot of fun. Um, I like a lot of the things that it sets up. But I think that in a year where we also had stuff like WandaVision and Loki and Falcon Winter Soldier, it uh, doesn't hold up as well as those do, in my opinion. Um, so I'd probably put it maybe fourth. Um, so what if probably the only one that I'd put beneath it. Um, okay. So, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I've, you know, if if I re- if I try to remove myself from the love of Hawkeye, it's probably I'm, I'm probably third or fourth, okay. Um, but I, I do I do love Hawkeye. But one of the things that that I, I'd actually you know th- this doesn't just affect the show, but now we've had. We've not had three straight MCU shows that, in my opinion, okay, um, uh, not counting what if, but three straight live action MCU shows that, in my opinion, um, really could have benefited from about two more episodes. And so I kind of wonder, you know, because the, one of the one of the complaints about the Netflix shows, there's there in every single season, really, you know, I mean, even the seasons I love, uh, Daredevil season three, Jessica Jones season two. Uh, you know, Punisher season one and every single one of those seasons, there's like two or three episodes where you're just kind of going through the motions, you know? Um, and I kind of wonder if they reacted to that and have like really shortened these seasons, because I really feel like particularly with Hawkeye bringing in uh, Yelena and spoiler alert, by the way, if you, if you haven't heard, but I don't know where you've been, if you haven't heard bringing in Kingpin uh, and having all the connections to the underground, all that stuff really happens in the last, you know, two episodes, two episodes and then it just kind of ends. Um, so, you know, uh, Jake, I'll ask you, you know, do you think, do you think moving forward, these shows can maybe benefit from a couple more episodes? Oh, I think, I think they need to. I think it's almost a definite, um, especially if they're going to keep. And, and I think that's kind of the biggest issue with Hawkeye. And for the record, I sound like I'm just nitpicking or like I don't like the show. I love the show. But I think the biggest issue with it is that its last two episodes are almost too full because there's so many different plot lines that are going so many different areas. Um, so, no, I absolutely think that it needs it needs another episode or two. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier definitely need another episode or two. Uh, I, th- I, think, I think Loki and WandaVision are almost perfect, um, but... But yeah, those those two I think definitely would have benefited from a few more episodes. Just kind of pace things out a little bit easier. Yeah, Loki seems to be the the best paced of them. Uh, WandaVision is extremely well paced too, depending on. But that just kind of depends on your opinion of the last episode, which is kind of you know, some people are iffy on it. Uh, but the by the end of this season, when you think about things they're trying to tie up, you know, you've got Yelena. You've got Yelena, what Yelena feels about Clint. You've got the memory of Natasha between them. You've got who is Clint's wife. You've got Kingpin yeah. in this. You've got Kate Bishop and Kate Bishop's mother. 
You also have the swordsman randomly in this thing, which is great. Which is great, okay? But you've got you have you have roughly, you know, you have two main storylines that all branch off in about three different places. Um, and so there, there's just there is a lot and going on. And by the way, I said all that, and I didn't mention Echo. Yeah, I was about to learn just so like yeah. So it, it, there's there's a lot going on at the end of this season. It did seem a little stuff to me. Uh, but but before we get two more. Little, you know, before we get too critical on it, um, I want to talk a little bit about you know the 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 character that that really was introduced in this. It kind of you know we we got excited about Echo, we got excited about Kingpin, you know, got excited about Yelena, but like this is really a a Haley Steinfeld, Kate Bishop um, vehicle here. So you know, um, Al, you know, what, what did you what did you think of uh, Haley Steinfeld as as Kate Bishop in this? You know, you think that was a pretty successful. Uh, turn for the character oh 100 percent um Haley steinfeld was um in my opinion in a show with a lot of really great acting performances um i thought Haley steinfeld was about um the best iteration of cape his show that you could ask for um on the live screen um i mean I kept thinking back on the different characters and what I thought about them. And like, I really um, cannot come to any kind of complaint or flaw that I could see um, in her performance. I thought she brought, I thought she brought a lot of heart to the other characters that surrounded her. I think she gave a lot of depth to, to Hawkeye in the show and showing him in kind of a new context as kind of a mentor type of character um, who's who's simultaneously trying to to leave uh, this life behind. I thought that was really interesting. I thought she brought um, a lot of interesting dimensions to her mom, to her stepfather as well, and her interactions with them. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't. I do have a couple of complaints about the show, but um, zero of them have to do uh, with Haley Steinfeld. I thought she was awesome. Yeah, I, I've, I haven't heard a bad thing about her performance. Uh, you know, even among the the trolliest of the trolls in the internet, um, you know, it seems to be one of those performances that that's going to be a concern to stand out. Uh, speaking of standout performances, though, Alyssa, does this, does this show go from eight to a ten if we get about thirty more minutes of Lucky? I I do love the pizza dog. Yeah. Um, they had the best little dog actress for that role. Um, I watched a pretty neat like behind the scenes clip that was showing um the CGI that they did on this real dog to kind of like edit in her wonky eye. Mm-hmm. Um, she was just such a good girl. She was so happy throughout the whole, whole show did all of her own stunts. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like I said, I have no issues with the show. Um, but, but lucky the dog was definitely a highlight. It had me and Bethany like holding each other's hands and squealing throughout all of her scenes. Yeah, you know, Lucky was uh, people were as I mean, comic fans were just excitedly Lucky on the screen as they were to see Kate Bishop. Uh, you know, he's he's uh, uh, it, it's, it's, 
I know he's a he in the comics. Is he a she in the show? I mean, I'm not I, really I think the, the yeah the the actor is a girl. The character is a boy. Okay. Um, it was a female dog, I believe, that they used, who was the actress. But I think it's supposed to be a boy dog in the show. But uh, but the the appearance of Lucky and the and the happiness of Lucky. Um, I will say, this is the show so far. Um, that in my opinion, okay, you can maybe make this argument as well uh, about Captain America and Winter Soldier. Um, but this is a show, in my opinion, uh, Alyssa, that has some of the more jarring tonal shifts. Yeah. Because you do have some very, like, you got, oh, cool, we're hanging out with Lucky, the dog, you know, and things and fun things are happening, and then murder, you know? Yeah. And so, like, did you, did you find that kind of jarring as well? A little bit. Also, I was wrong. I just looked it up. I was very wrong. It was a boy dog that played the okay. pizza dog. Um <laughs> <laughs> His name is Jolt. Oh, My bad. Um, but yeah, no, it, I agree. It was definitely... I, I feel like Marvel does this a lot, um, especially in some of the movies where you have, you know, something absolutely devastating and heartbreaking happen, and then, you know, you have you have, like, the funniest moment immediately following the saddest. Um, and you kind of had that to some degree in this, where, like, you know, at one point she's racing across the street and rescuing this dog out of traffic, and then in the very next scene she's, like, getting her teeth kicked in. Um, so, yeah, I would say there's definitely some interesting shifts. Um, interestingly, you know, you brought up the swordsman earlier. Um a lot of interesting shifts around that character because I right. think he had some of the funniest lines and funniest scenes at some points and then immediately was off doing kind of shifty stuff. So. Well, or, yeah. or was he? I mean, I mean, how shifty was he? I mean, really by the end of this thing, the, we just figured out he stole a sword because he wanted the sword. I mean, like, which by the way, 100% on on point for that character in the comics. Okay, that is that is 100% a thing the Swordmaster would do. Um, but that that as far as tonally how a character is, that one was almost played pretty brilliantly because everything he says has um, seems nefarious for like the first five episodes, and then you know when you find out he's just kind of he's almost a patsy. You know, you're just like, oh, he's, he's just, just a dude. <laughs> yeah, he's just weird. You know, he's just like, you know, he's just and, a guy. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I will. Yeah, we yeah. we'll circle back around to uh, to that performance a bit, but I want to stick with tone for a bit. Um, yeah, I, I would say that you know if you know if Alyssa and Jake are heroes, and I'm a villain, you and Jenny are probably anti-heroes. I think that'd probably be the fair the fair assessment of of the Phantom Correspondence. And so this this show has uh, part of the reason for the tonal shifts is because we aren't just dealing with Hawkeye. We have to deal with the fact that Hawkeye's past is one of extensive murder. Um, and so we have to deal with that. Uh, and there was, there's been a lot of conversation about, you know, like, did the show deal with that enough? You know, uh, was Hawkeye, I guess, 
for lack of a better term, chastise enough for his past? Did he redeem himself? That kind of thing. I'll, in particular, I want to ask you, what do you think? Do you think Hawkeye's past was redeemed in this, or do you think the show did a good enough job discussing that, or do you think it was just kind of blown by too quick? Well, it's interesting because, um, and I don't want to get too far off on this question because it does kind of loop into um, one of the issues I had with the show. But um, it's interesting because we do have to contend with the fact that, you know, uh, there for a long period of time, um, he just kind of, he killed a lot of people. Um, And there's kind of, you see, this happens a lot with these kinds of shows and films, um, um, even in the MCU, where the line with how okay um, the world is with vigilantes and their activities um, can kind of can kind of go one way or the other, depending on the situation where, um, you know, you have Hawkeye and it's like a big, you know, it's a big deal that he, he killed a lot of, uh, the organized crime that was, um, existing at the time, um, as the Ronin. Um, however, you don't really approach it from an angle of, oh, he shouldn't have done that because killing people is wrong. You kind of approach it, at least in the context of the show, almost from an angle of, oh, that was wrong because, you know, he specifically had killed Echo's dad and her people. Um, And so it's like contextualized in being like, oh, it was totally fine that Clint went, you know, full on the... Punisher for several years, um, except for the fact that he killed some people attached to this person they were supposed to care about. And so the context of that issue itself is already kind of weird. It's just kind of presented in an odd way. And then by the end of it, you know, um, I think you're right. I think there really isn't that satisfying of a resolution to that issue. Um, which you kind of expect one because one of the best scenes in the show is when is when Kate and Yelena are talking in her own apartment um, and Yelena just kind of talks to her and is just like, you don't really know who he is. You don't really know the things he's done. And obviously that comes with the context of uh, what she thinks happened uh, between him and Natasha but also the grander idea of, you know, all of the people he killed. And so you kind of expect that to come around and kind of reach a full resolution. Um, but even then it doesn't really. Um, and I guess it's one of those things that could have been um, more aptly addressed with a couple more episodes, but it is kind of a weird question mark where they spend a lot of time on screen talking about, you know, um, he has to contend for his sins. He has to, uh, take responsibility for what he did. Um, however, by the end of it, you kind of struggle to think of tangible ways that he did so other than, you know, destroying the Ronin costume, which is just kind of like, well, 
I mean, Clint, you did those things regardless of what you were wearing. Like that doesn't, I get the symbolism of it, but I'm not entirely sure that was a good kind of bow to wrap that up with. Um, so, well, that, so to speak. Well, that, that, that actually is, is a perfect segue to what I'm going to ask Jake, because I do think this, I personally think, Jake, I'm going to ask you this. I personally think that the show might've worked a little better had it leaned more into what that suit meant, why that was dangerous, why that was bad, as opposed to, as Al pointed out, it's just really sad that he killed Echo's dad. Because that's where I thought the show was going, you know, because the whole the whole impetus of this entire thing is that Kate puts on the suit and puts a target on her back. And so now you have now your now your past is catching up to you. Okay. So now we're telling the history of violence uh, on a on a Disney on a Disney show. Okay. That's what we're doing. And then they just drop that really. Um you know, I mean, they don't drop it, but it's it's not talked about. And so I'm like you, I, you know, when they when they burn the suit, it does come off a little flat. Um, Jake, do you think do you think a little talk a little more about the suit as a comic guy? The suit means pretty much the same thing in the comics. You know, talk a little more about the suit. Do you think that would have helped the story a little bit? I, I definitely think it would. Um, one of the few complaints I would really have is that. I think the Echo story should have been tied in more with everything else that was going on. Um, and that goes along with the suit and everything else. Because like you said, um, bringing her in as this character that we are supposed to care about, but then also we are caring about her because everything that's led her on this journey happened because of a character we already liked. you know. And so that is an interesting concept to me. Um, and it's something that, like you said, it doesn't really falling flat is a real is a really good way of describing that that last scene because burning the suit, yeah, it does have the symbolism and everything, but without having this almost a morality play or a morality kind of speech of something to that effect, where Clint is talking about how dangerous his past was and why he shouldn't have done that. Um, it kind of it kind of doesn't work as well as I thought it would. Um, prime example in the first episode, we see uh, in a bathroom that someone wrote Thanos was right. Okay, mm-hmm. going into Clint's mental state while uh, his family was gone and while he became Ronin and dealing with not only doing all those things, but also having to come back and be Clint Barton again. That's something I would have liked to have seen more in this show. Um, and honestly, that's really, that's, that's really my major complaint about the show is that it does not go into that enough. Um, so yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely think it, that's another thing that would, that would have helped out if I had another episode or so. Yeah. I, I, I will say just to kind of play a devil's advocate here in fairness, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a, tight rope to walk here because you don't want to spend so much time on that that you make a dour show you know because i mean in my opinion you don't want to do that i mean there's a lot of people that online are saying like well clint should have died or should have gone to prison i remember when we got out of rise of skywalker one of the things you said that i I always thought was extremely intelligent was like how many times we're going to have the trope you know where the guy dies and redeems himself 
you know, that does seem to be like, well, that's, that's how we do it, you know? And like, you know, we, we can't, you know, we can't have that happening in every single show. And so I do think, I do, I do think, you know, with them wanting to try to do something a little different, you know, where he's, he's trying to redeem himself, you know, through his actions with Kate and things like that. And even through, I, I think another missed opportunity was, you know, he has one conversation with Echo. You know, I mean, he's, yeah. he has one, you know, and, and it's just kind of, and it's kind of, you know, it's, and it's not that good of a conversation really. Um, you know, like if, if I had been sitting there, you know, uh, well, Alyssa, I'll ask you this, you know, if, 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 you know, if, if what you know is that this man has killed your, has, has killed your father, which by the way, for a long time, I thought that they were going to like, like that was going to be a twist. Like somehow I remember for a while we thought it was bullseye. Yeah. Uh, I think I thought it was a Mephisto for a bit. Um, but like, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but, but, you know, he, he has this one conversation with Echo where he's basically like, you know, we're both weapons. Don't be a weapon anymore. Well, that didn't really solve Echo's problem, does it, Alyssa? Yeah, no, not really. I mean, yeah, we're both weapons. Don't do this anymore. I'm still going to kill you because, you know, eye for an eye and all that. So... Which, yeah. I mean, which is what which is what Clint's trying to get across, but like, there's never a point where I don't understand why Echo should have bought that. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I don't, I don't get why Echo all of a sudden is willing to to distrust the guy. It. Yeah, to, and and drop it, and then all of a sudden distrust the. guy. I understand maybe distrusting Kingpin. I don't understand why she's willing to do that and then like distrust, you know, the, uh, the guy that has been, you know, that she's been around her entire life, except that yeah. if she is wanting him to leave the city with him. Um, but it's it just kind of weird how they, how they handled all that. Once again, I think something yeah. else that two more, two more episodes would have helped. Yeah. I mean, also you have to take into account, he died when she was very young. So this has been her entire life building up to this, essentially. And, you know, she just walks away from it, I think, very easily. Um, and maybe not, you know, there's death threats and the wanting to start new and all of this, but it does seem like she was very okay just walking away from everything she knew at that point and just you know, starting over at that point without really resolving her trauma at all. Yeah, and I, since, since, we're, since we're here uh, and, and we're discussing, you know, because what's been interesting about a lot of the, a lot, about a lot of the Marvel shows so far is they've pretty much all been about trauma. Uh, and dealing with with trauma and and how you how you handle these these events in your life, um, and you know I, they've got an interesting opportunity with Echo because of a lot of reasons. You know, obviously the fact you know she's a she's a she's a deaf character. Um, you know, she's an indigenous character. Um, we'll start here, and, and Alyssa, I'll stay with you right now. We'll start here. The performance itself. What do you think of the performance uh, of of the character uh, Echo? I think she was brilliant. Yeah, 
Um, the actress herself, you know, the character is a fascinating character, and I think she was portrayed very well with what she had to work on. And it could be, you know, there's sort of a running theme here where we just talked about with Clint's character, how he didn't really have resolution there and how, you know, all of these shows are about drama. Maybe the theme of this show is unresolved trauma because that's a very real thing that people have to deal with. And if that's the case, then I think that actress did extremely well um, and that character was portrayed very well in that sense but it does you know like you said it does leave you kind of wanting more and wishing that you had a little bit more to go off of there yeah i yeah i think i think that's the the problem the problem the the unresolved trauma i think you i think that's that's a great concept i'm just not totally sure that's where the ending leaves us (laughs) the ending side kind of leaves us with like you know we're good you know um Al, Al, same question. What what do you think of the performer? Um, I thought the performance was great. Um, um, I thought that Alequa Cox is a terrific example of not just representation. Um, I talked about this a little bit when we talked about the Eternals on that episode, but the idea of of representation that is real and authentic. So, you know, it's great that we had Echo as a character. It's even um it's even greater that um she is played by an actress who is Native American who is actually deaf. Um, um that's really important. It's really important to get that authenticity behind the representation so that it it feels real it feels like it's a real world impact and not just trying to check off a bunch of boxes within um uh, within having a story um oh yeah and she's actually an actress who um has an amputated leg so both of her disabilities were true to the actress as well as to the character um so that's really important to have um, I thought she was awesome. I'm super excited to see e- even more of her as Echo um, um, as she gets her own show, uh, which I believe is in the works. Um, the only issue I had with Echo was with um, how the story for her kind of played out. Because you guys have already talked about it a, a little bit. I feel like the writing made her character a little bit inconsistent. And that um, I couldn't really f- figure out at various times how devoted she really was to revenge and to justice and to her crusade. Because you would have her obsession with killing the Ronin, making sure she got that revenge. And then when she's tipped off and she has reason to believe that um, her friend Kazi is the one who tipped off the Ronin in the first place, um, she's really hesitant about it. And I guess in the context of them having a really long relationship with each other, um, that makes more sense. Um, I feel like by the end of the show, I had no reason whatsoever to care about Kazi. Um, I feel like that was a really undeveloped character for me. (laughs) Um, So the weight of their last confrontation and um, her pleading with him to... 
um, to leave this all behind and things like that, that kind of fell flat for me, not because of her performance, but just because I didn't have a reason to care about that character. And it made it weird that she would flip-flop between being obsessed with getting revenge against the Ronin to, to being just very open-hearted and open-minded to a turnaround with Kazi than to turn around and be very devoted to getting revenge on Kingpin. It, it just kind of felt all over the place. Um, again, no blame um, to be put on the actress at all because the actress was terrific, and I, I'm really glad we got her to play this character. But um, I feel like she kind of got screwed a little bit just by the story and the kind of things they did with her character in that sense. Uh, Jake, the where, where do you think the character of Echo is going to go here? You know, well, um, I'm kind of I am intrigued to see where it goes. Obviously, we Kingpin's not dead. Like that's Are you sure? not a. Are you I'm sure? Fairly certain. Um, yeah, because that is a scene that is direct from the comics. Um, and Echo kind of disappears for a while, and then actually. And the comics picks up the Ronin costume. Um, a lot of people don't know that. Um, but then later, then she joins up with the new Avengers and so on and so forth. And she gets back with Matt. And it's, it's a whole thing because it's all in Daredevil. Mm. Um, the whole thing. It's, it is a whole thing. It is, uh, Brian Michael Bendis would describe it as a whole thing yeah. as well. Um, but, but I'm really excited to see where she goes from here. I... It's it's interesting because they keep trying to because she's not really as defined of a character as like Hawkeye or Loki or Wanda or any or anything else. Um, same reason I'm kind of intrigued by this Moon Knight show coming out is I have no idea who the villains are going to be. I have no idea what the stakes are going to be where it's, where it's going to go from here. Well, um, with with Echo, I think the the natural villain would be Kazi, um, who is a much more terrifying villain in the comics True. um like a extremely terrifying person um so i that that was a weird character to me just in general how they did it yeah um because even when they released the casting like they were like they showed kazi from the matt fraction run you mm-hmm. know in the full the makeup, makeup and you know and like and then in the show he's 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 not that he's kind of a buffoon he is um, you know, if I can use that word, like the rest of the tracksuits, yeah, like, well, like, yeah, exactly, like the rest of tracksuits. Um, so yeah, um, you know, so we, we, we've kind of danced around it. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna leave Yelena for the last because I, I think Yelena was a highlight. Um, but we've kind of danced around it, you know, the the big reveal here, obviously, you know, the the lead we are burying, uh, is Kingpin. Um, Kingpin being part of this show, um, which I I kind of thought that's where they were going in episode two. I think you did too, Jake. Mm. Um, I, I you know it, it it did seem to be moving that way. I was very very scared we were going to get a Ralph Boner situation again, um, and and I had already said that if they tease Kingpin and we do not see Kingpin or it's some it's some other big large gangster. Uh, I would never watch in our MCU Disney show again, <laughs> and, and 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 I was going to keep to that because oh was, my gosh, it's Tombstone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that would just been heart horrific. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Did everybody know her mom is mixed up with the Barracuda? 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. That would have been uh, that. I would have just been so unhappy. Um, but you know, Kingpin was was a big deal here. Um, you know, uh, and and was, was the big reveal. Um, there's a lot to digest on what Kingpin means as far as what everything else means with Kingpin. Um, we can talk about that for a little in a, here in a second, okay? But just real quick, okay, and we're gonna do it rapid fire. Was Kingpin used well on this show? Alyssa, you first. I would have liked to see more of him in this show. I think they had good ideas, but he was kind of a plot device, it felt like. Like, he was just there to give her mom a reason to be evil, is what it felt like. Okay, fair. Or not fair necessarily point. be evil, but to be morally questionable. Yeah, yeah. So. Okay, f- fair fair point. Al? Um, no, I don't think he was. I don't think he was utilized very well in this in this capacity. Okay, I'll come back to you. Jake, I'm with Al. Okay, I um, I would give his use in this maybe a seven. You know, um, all of this, all of that comes from. I'm 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 going to tell you what that comes from. Okay, that's not a critical concept at all. It all comes from the fact that he was wearing the Hawaiian suit from the Ben Daredevil run. Uh, Spider-Man Family Business. Oh, is that Spider-Man Family Business? Yeah, I thought it, he didn't Wayne. wear that in the Bendis run. It's Mark Wade and Delato. Okay, my bad. Wearing the Hawaiian suit uh, with the awesome hat. Yes. Okay. It was a good touch. Yes, it was, it was a great name. touch. Um, the fact that uh, D'Onofrio is bringing all the menace to this. Um, the, the show, every every time the guy's on screen, um, it's there's a different air to any show he's in. Um, that's, that's true in all three seasons of Daredevil, and it's true in this. Um, the one complaint that I will say is not valid, uh, uh, that you're going to get a tiny bit of a Josh rant on is that, um, the character, uh, the character wasn't the same character as he was in Daredevil. And if you expected to go to Disney plus and watch a show where Kingpin decapitates a guy with a car door (laughs) and then watch soul right after it. I don't know what to do for you. Uh, I don't know how to, I I, I don't know who was expecting that. Um, You know, the, it's, it's, it's definitely PG Kingpin or PG 13 Kingpin, but it's still the character that all the, all the manipulations, all of the, all of the, the, you know, the emotional issues that he has, you know, the fact that, you know, like with in all seriousness, okay. He fully expects echo to still be with him. Even after he killed her father, you know, that is, that is a hundred percent Kingpin. Um, so, you know, I can see where he was misused, um, but the idea that this was not uh, a kingpin performance, or that somehow this is this is a lesser kingpin performance, I just I don't see that at all. Um, Al, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Alyssa. No, go, go for it, Alyssa. I was just going to agree with you on that. I feel like having 
not rewatched Daredevil in a little while, but still not that long ago. The character on the Netflix show still like had very similar moments to what we saw in this one. I mean, all of his interactions with Madame Gao, he was very good at putting on, you know, the same kind of more gentlemanly, more charismatic character that we saw in this. Not necessarily charismatic, but, you know, better at controlling his emotions, manipulative, manipulative you know, not just angry bashing heads kind of persona so i wouldn't i don't know i don't get where that complaint is coming from either that it was a totally different character um i just yeah we didn't see the aggressive side but in the netflix show you still saw this character as well well, I think I, I do think there's a there's a tangent of of the MCU fandom that wants to see things like, I guess Kingpin break Kate Bishop over his knee, Bane style. I guess I personally don't want to see that, but I guess there's a there's a tangent of fans that that want to see more stuff like that. That being said, okay, Al, I do want to I do want to go over to you because you, you you've got some complaints. Uh, one of the complaints I, I do have maybe about this is that Kingpin ends up being essentially uh, the glorified boss battle at the end of the, you know, the fighting game that is episode six uh, for Kate, um, which seems to be kind of an uh, ignominious way to, to kind of take that character off the show. Um, so talk a little about that. I know, you've, I know you've got some issues with that. Well, yeah. Um, so, and like I do want to clarify that any issues I had with this iteration of Kingpin um, does not have anything to do with Nofrio and his performance as a character. Um, I hope that we get him as the Kingpin um, into the foreseeable future because um, he's terrific. He understands the character. He brings that character to life. Um, so any issue I have with how Kingpin was used in the show does not have anything to do with his performance. He was great. He's always great. Um, just about everything he does. And he seems like such a nice person. He does. He seems like a very classy gentleman. <laughs> yeah. I love him. Um, um, I like to have a beer with him sometime. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> back on track, is that I... I love Kingpin as a character. Um, as somebody who grew up on Spider-Man and Daredevil comics, I, I read a lot of Kingpin um, growing up. Um, he's a terrific character. Um, I don't think he really needed to be in Hawkeye, um, at least in the capacity that he was used. I think the show would have benefited from, as you said earlier, from just kind of focusing on Echo more and kind of developing more the either the villainous or the or the morally gray kind of side of of Eleanor, um, as Alyssa said, um, developing that a bit more because that turn just kind of also kind of fell flat um, a little bit for me. Uh, I'm just kind of her being, oh well, she's actually mastermind behind things i was just kind of like okay i I feel like this could have used a little bit more time 
And it's to the point where I think the characters would have benefited, and this is coming from a big Kingpin fan, from Kingpin just not having been in the show and saving him to be like a much a much more dominant character on Echo down the road or on any of the other um, kind of street level projects that they have coming up. Um, I'm not sure he was used even to the point that he should have been in the show because we see him do a few things. We see him, um, we see him be very manipulative of Echo and that was terrific. That was a terrific performance on both of their parts. We see him, um, who kind of, um, a, a waltz dance with Eleanor in that they were trying to like outplay each other and leverage each other. Um, I thought that was a good scene. I was a little bit unsure of how easily she got the upper hand on him. Um, as far as like having copies and things like that, I feel like he would have been a bit more secured about it than that, but still overall, that was a fine scene. Um, and then one thing that I feel like is really out of character that really bothered me um, about uh, this performance. Again, not on the actor side, but just on the story side. Was we see him very quickly resort to a plan that involves having a shootout at a public event in the heart of New York City. And that, to me, was the out of character part. Um, to me, Kingpin is a character who benefits most from primarily being in the shadows, from orchestrating things through other people, through other players, through, through manipulating things. And the idea that he was just like, okay, Eleanor kind of has the upper hand on me. I'm going to, I'm going to respond by having a very public shootout at a public event. <laughs> um, and that just kind of leaped to there. That was the part that felt out of character for me. I would go so far to say he felt like a totally different character. Um, I think that's um, going a bit far. But that part did feel out of character to me. Um, so I would argue, again, as a huge Kingpin fan, as a huge Vincent D'Onofrio fan, um, I, I really start to say that I think the show would have and if it is from just kind of focusing on the villains they had or the antagonists or antiheroes they had rather than trying to put Kingpin in this and not give him a lot of screen time, not give him a lot of stage presence, not give him a lot of opportunity to be the character that we know him to be. So that's where I'm at on it. Yeah. The, uh, I, I, I actually agree with uh, just about everything you said there. The, the only, the only thing I will say is this. Um, when Echo was announced, <laughs> I remember distinctly Jake me and you talking about the fact that I don't know how you do Echo if I kingpin. Yeah, and and the thing is, is like, and I, I mean, you can, I mean, you can, you can. I didn't, I don't know how you were going to do, you know, Civil War the way they did, but they did it fine. Um, so there's ways around it. My counter proposal is this: is that, in my opinion. A lot of what Kingpin does, if you if if you want to if you want to make characters interesting or make you know or you know give a little more time to some characters that probably need it, 
everything Kingpin does should be stuff Kazi is doing. <laughs> um, because Kazi's the guy that like he's not thinking things through, you know, uh he's he's you know, he's he's feeling pressure and he's got he's got pressure on top from Kingpin, uh, or from some big boss we don't know about at the time. And so he he wants to he wants to solve things and that kind of thing. Okay. And if you have if you have that relationship happening with Kingpin in the shadows, and then just literally, I mean, we all would have been just a we we would have been very very happy with ten minutes of Kingpin, you know, with just Kingpin showing up and being like, you know, you know, well you got to deal with this Kazi, and and then like having a scene with Echo, you know, and that kind of thing, um, you know, that I I think that would have been a little more, um a little more important because, and this, this is, this is where I'm coming from. I mean, get correct me if I'm wrong, but really the whole reason Kingpin is in this thing is really to announce to us that the Netflix shows are now up for grabs on the Disney, uh, the Disney can grab those and use those characters. I mean, is that not correct? And, yeah, that's, and, yeah, pretty much. Okay. So like, I'll ask you, you know, to kind of speculate, you know, where do you, where do you think this is going? You know, because at the end of this thing, of course, Kingpin, you know, has lost, you know, Echo is, away you know so you know what where do you what do you think is going to happen here well I, th- I think i think he play i think he'll play a part in the echo show somehow some way i i really do um even if it's just like like you said like a, like the last like 10 minutes or something they're like i don't know echo season two or hawkeye season two or something leads to like them teaming up against him or something like that um but but you know it, it's interesting between both that and then I mean since we've already done that podcast uh, Matt Murdock showing up in No Way Home both of those I mean Matt Murdock serves a bit more of a purpose in my opinion but both of those just go to show you that they're like you said they're just kind of announcing like hey we can do the Netflix stuff now yay and if both of those characters are back, both of those actors are back, I don't see either of them staying away from each other for too long, in my opinion. Fair. Alyssa, what were you going to say? I kind of like that we had both in the sense that if we only saw one of them, there could have been like the, well, is this like an alternate universe Matt Murdock? Like, is he actually Daredevil here? Although, like, he did do the cool spoilers. Um, he did catch something. Yeah. Catch the, <laughs> the yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I like that both were involved in the MCU slash shows slash Disney plus shows for that reason to show that, no, this is like actual MCU universe just to kind of tie it in and make it make the Netflix shows canon is what I'm getting at. So well, there. I mean, that 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 was another question that we had. You know, D'Onofrio has stated that he's playing Kingpin as a guy that has experienced everything that happened in Daredevil season yeah. one through three. Um, so, like, I mean, are we? Because you know, those those shows were tangently co- connected to the MCU. You have you have mentions of stuff happening in Daredevil season one. And in Jessica Jones season one, and maybe in Iron Fist, and then they just kind of stop. And they just kind of stop talking about it altogether. Um, so, like you know, if once again, I mean, this is all speculation, but I mean, you know, that's that's who we are as people. Yeah, there we go. You know, I mean, it, 
are are we wanting to see a continuation of 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 Daredevil, or are we wanting something new? What do you think? Yes. Can... yes. Okay. So yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Al. Yes. Yes. I would. I would appreciate a continuation. A question it, it, I have for those of you who are more familiar with the comics: Is there any crossover with the character of Echo and Daredevil or Spider-Man or any of the other? New York based like do they connect frequently yeah, in comics? Yes, yes to all those so that's okay. where Echo Echo's first appearance is at Daredevil okay uh, so and the comics take what she thinks Ronan is like Ronan killed her father and replace it with Kingpin's line about Daredevil and she and he is framing Daredevil so oh, and then that okay. carries on from there um but yeah but I mean Echo has I mean <laughs> just just for fun, I'm going to say this, okay? Echo right now is the Phoenix. Yeah. So just to give you a general concept of, like, the character in uh, in Marvel, you know, Echo right now is the all-powerful the Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, yeah, she she has a... She's got her hand in a lot of different cookie jars. Um, so, you know, Daredevil Season 4 uh, with Echo, but also continuing the Bullseye stuff. Yes. Uh, with Kingpin. That's a thing that I mean. There's that's not that would not be that weird of a thing to do. Um, so I, I I agree. I'd like to see all that. Um, <laughs> anything else we need to say about Kingpin? Um, I just did a quick search and found out that Vincent D'Onofrio writes poetry on his Twitter account. So just throwing that out there as a last note on Kingpin. I I, I will. I, Okay, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give one more little Vincent D'Onofrio uh, tidbit. I just watched the movie The Eyes of Tammy Faye, which is about Tammy Faye and Jim Baker. Vincent D'Onofrio plays Gary Falwell, and he plays Gary Falwell. I'm telling you right now, note for note, how he plays Kingpin. It's the exact same character. That's crazy. Uh, so if if you're if you're looking for something. Uh, to watch. Uh, check that out if for no other reason than uh, D'Onofrio as Gary Falwell uh, playing oh. Gary Falwell as a mob boss, which, you know, probably isn't too far from the truth. Uh, okay. Um, moving on. I want to, I, I want to end, I, I want to end talking about Yelena um, for a couple reasons, because <laughs> the problems that Al has with Kingpin I have all the same problems with Yelena because Yelena's story, <laughs> Yelena. So, so here's, here's essentially what the MCU did. Okay. They give us a movie in black widow, which I loved. Okay. But apparently most people didn't like, but if what, what a lot of people did love about black widow was Florence Pugh as Yelena. Okay. That was the standout character. Okay. Oh, they um, did love. Okay. Yeah, no, did, did I, did I say didn't? I don't know. I wasn't. I didn't catch that. Th- that was a nice way of saying you weren't listening. Okay, I was listening. In order for this podcast to work, Jake, I was. Listening. We all have to be talking to each other. Okay. Was, all right. I okay. tune you out a lot. I, I get that. I, okay. I really do. Let me try again. Florence Pugh as Yelena was the standout character in Black Widow for a lot of people. I got okay. that. Okay, you got that I, one. I got okay, that good. One, yeah. Okay. Um, so, but her story ends in Black Widow on a really like question mark note because we're told, you know, like 
Uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus's character, whose name is escaping. What's her name? Val, I think. Val. Okay. Val shows up and is like, "Hey, you know, Hawkeye killed your sister," and no one questions how she knows that, but whatever. And so, like, then, then Yelena. Our story, of course, is well. Yelena's going to avenge her sister, okay, and kill Clint Barton. Um, and so we end up with a character, okay, that in my opinion is extremely entertaining every single time she's on screen, okay? One of the fun little facts I loved about uh, uh, Florence Pugh in this is that she demanded and was given the ability to choose all of her own clothes for the show, which is why you've got this amazing, like, 1970s bohemian uh, look that she's got throughout most of the show. Um, So, like, she's fantastic, okay, in all respects, okay? But... Here's some questions that, in my opinion, aren't answered. Why does she not question at all this concept that Clint killed her sister? For all she knows, okay? I mean, I understand she's been gone for five years, but she knows about the Avengers. She knows they were both on the Avengers, okay? She knows that, you know, all these, all these, that that they've been on many missions together, you know, all this stuff. Um, you know, I mean, she knows about Clint or we're, we're given the impression she knows about Clint because as Alice point out, she talks about the fact, I think the term she uses, like, you know, hit the blood he spilled could fill up all the oceans in the world or whatever, you know? So like she's done her research. So we don't ever get any type of insight into why she's so enamored with killing Clint here, or at least is just so, um, sure that she killed Clint and this is one of those things where like you could have had some really interesting inner dialogue with Yelena on why she's doing this you know whether it's a trauma response or whether it's you know just a straight you know she's out of her mind because of revenge or whatever you just don't get any of that instead you get this very cool calm assassin and Yelena you know until we get a whistle at the end of the of the Hawkeye uh, Yelena fight, which I loved was a great callback. Okay. All right. But you know, that the, the whistle is why all of a sudden she decides like, I'm not going to kill Hawkeye. I have real issues with how that character is presented. What I want you guys to do is tell me if I'm wrong on how this character was presented, because once again, she's the standout of the show. I mean, everyone, everyone loves the character in the show. And I think, her chemistry of Kate Bishop was fantastic. Uh, I want the Kate and Elena buddy cop show. I want that so badly. But am I wrong in wanting more out of this character? Uh, Jake, we'll start with you. I mean, I don't think you're wrong in wanting more out of her, um, especially because, just, I mean, I I wanted to see her in the entire series, honestly, and I want a, a Elena series or a movie. I mean, give it to me. Um, but the thing is, it's like... I. I understand where you're coming from. I'm not having those those kind of like emotional dialogues and everything with her. <clears throat> but I guess I kind of took it as this is her like right after like after she came back after she after she was blipped. She lost five years, lost Natasha, lost everything she ever knew, um, and then basically this was her life going forward was I'm going to have to kill Clinton Barton because he's the person who supposedly killed my sister. 
Now, would I prefer like this turn where it was like I'm actually like trying to keep tabs on Val or something like that? Yeah, but I also kind of understood where they were going from with that, that it was more of a we have to address this to continue on with both of these characters. We have to address Clint's own um, remorse and survivor's guilt um, over Natasha. And we also have to address Yelena's basically blind vengeance against him. Um, is it the way I would have written it? No, probably not. But it's what they had set up. So I kind of understood what they were going for with that. I think I could have handled better, like you said, but... I don't, I don't know. I, I was okay with Yelena in this, like, and and with the way she was presented. But I could, I could one hundred percent be wrong, and I will readily admit that. Al- Alyssa, Al, um, either one of you. I, to me, I, there's, I, a, th- there's a, there's a, there's a. Well, r- r- real quick, there's a, there's a plot point. I, I kind of want to add to this because I think it's kind of important to my issue with this. Um. Part of the problem I'm having with these shows moving forward, and maybe something's going to get answered, but there, there's nothing telling us how much people know about what happened with the fight against Thanos. And that, to me, leads to some plot holes because, because like, do they know about all the time travel and the going to different universe? I mean, because I mean, to me, that's that's a question that has not been answered. And if they if 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 they do know that, okay, so let's say let's say the world just has a general idea that that's happening. So first things first, wow, that's amazing. And then second <laughs> thing is like that would seem to give a little more credence to like, well, what? What what does Yelena know and what does she not know? But if they don't know that, okay, then it also adds kind of an issue here in a, as far as I'm concerned of a plot hole because, like, how does – what does Yelena think happened here? You see what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, both of y'all, but tell me, am, am, am I reading too much into this? Um, so, like, with the original question – I kind of get frustrated with plot points that could be so easily solved with just like one level headed conversation, <laughs> just yeah, like the, communication. Yeah. The just talk plot hole. Yeah. yeah. You know, just put your knives down and talk with your mouths, not your fists. Um, <laughs> so I get frustrated with those, but more to the point of um, what you added on I kind of get the feeling that the general population doesn't know about the time travel just for the general reason that, you know, that would cause mass panic. Um, The powers that be might have some idea of it, but I doubt, you know, they just turned over all of that information to, like, the U.S. government. I highly doubt that. Um, So I don't think and i don't know if there's like anything i don't remember if there's anything in like the movies or shows or universe that like clarifies any of that but my guess would be that no they don't know the details um i'm sure they know about like the space travel and all that stuff but 
I don't know if they know about the going back in time because that opens up so many more problems. Um, so many other, you know, people who could be like, well, you went back in time to do this, but you still weren't able to save like this person who was important to me or you weren't able to do this or anything like that. So I would guess that like, no, they probably don't know about that. Um, which does add some complications to Yelena. I would agree with how much she may or may not know, but yeah, I'm kind of with Jacob. Like I can see, you know, having your whole life focused on again, you know, unaddressed grief or, you know, not unresolved grief and then being told, you know, here is something here is a target to kind of shoot towards with that grief. Um, I can see just kind of throwing yourself into it without asking more questions. But yeah, I don't know. I get frustrated with those sort of plot lines that could be so easily solved if they just sat down and talked. Yeah, I, I, that's that's kind of where I'm at. But uh, I'll, I'll look at the final word here, man. Am I just being pedantic or, you know, what? Um, yeah, well, um, as I've infamously, um, said on a prior podcast, you're always being pedantic, but, um, yeah. <laughs> but no. uh, um, so I definitely see where you're coming from. Um, for me in regards to specifically what Yelena thought had happened between, um, Natasha and Clint, I just kind of assumed, and I could like be totally wrong in this. Um, I'm not really told either way from the show or anything. So it could be totally wrong. I just kind of assumed that in between the after credit scene of Black Widow and the beginning of Hawkeye, that there was some kind of long debriefing conversation between Yelena and Valentina where Val gave her a rundown of her version of events of what happened. Um, uh, and so, and so that was just kind of what Elena took and, and kind of ran with in her grief and in her rage and things like that. Now, the problem, the problem for me is that I was having a little bit hard of a time figuring out what the timeline for Elena was um, given all of these events, because we're told that she snapped, we see the snap happen. We see her um, get the news from her oh black widow associate, um, who she had gone to rescue. Um, that um, Natasha died. Uh, we get that from there. I assume she went to Natasha's gravesite, but then, um, given the after credit scene in Black Widow, we're kind of led to believe that she and Valentina had been working together for a while. Um, but it doesn't seem like there's enough time in between all those events for that to really be true, which kind of begs the question, why does Yelena trust her so much to just kind of take at face value what her version of events were? It's Was Valentina snapped? I don't know. 
I don't think we, we know. If, yeah, well, we don't know anything about Valentina, which is starting to get kind of annoying for me. Um, because because her character kind of like asks more questions than she ever answers, and that's starting to get old for me a little bit. She also could have worked with her before the snap. You know, I don't know how much time happened between that's possible. Yeah. Black Widow and Endgame. That's a good point, yeah. yeah. That's true, I hadn't thought about that. But um, that part for me was more uh, kind of distracting, of trying to figure out what the timeline was, trying to figure out what... Um, honestly, just trying to figure out what Valentina's endgame was with all this, uh, was sending her to go and kill Hawkeye. Um, because again, we don't really know anything about her and what she wants or what her goals are or anything like that. Um, so that was kind of distracting for me. I thoroughly enjoyed Yelena, um, in Hawkeye. Um, I thought her scenes with, with Kate were awesome. Um, it made me really excited for, um, you know, whatever project we get with them, whether it's it's Young Avengers or New Avengers or them just having a team up a project, whatever it might be. Um, it made me super hyped to see that. But, yeah, there were some question marks. I agree with you that there were definitely some question marks around what Yelena thought, why she believed what she believed. And for me, again, I'm going to harp on it a little bit because it is just really starting to bother me as a fan. Um, I really hope with this new influx of shows we get this year that we get um, a little bit more info about what Val's deal is. Because, um, again, she's kind of being used as a plot device without the explanation of a plot device for some of these characters and some of these storylines. Um, and it's, it's just getting kind of old for me. So I really hope we learn something tangible about that character um, in the coming months. Well, if you look at the character she's talked with, just from a comic book standpoint, it's she's she's got U.S. agent John Walker. She's talked to Elena. Um, this is the beginning of a Thunderbolt. So I mean, that's 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 what those characters are. Mm. Um, you know, um, and I mean that would, <laughs> you know, it. They're, they're, they could not make a better villain for the She-Hulk uh, than Red Hulk, which is Thunderbolt Ross. Right. Um, so there's, I mean, there, there's, I, but I agree. You know, we're seeing the, we're seeing the, we're seeing the, the strings. You know, but it's just not, it's not, it's not really forming anything right now. Um, and so, yeah, I, I would like to see more of that, of, of that character as well, and just kind of, you know, have her have more of a you know, more of a role than just, you know, spouting off, you know, witty and esoteric dialogue. Uh, that would be nice. Okay. Um, last question. Here's where we're going to end. Okay. How much money would you pay to see Rogers the musical? Uh, Jake, we'll start with you. The limit does not exist. Okay. The limit does not exist. Okay. We're doing the mean girls. Uh, Al, how much money? Um, like twenty dollars. I wasn't that impressed Aww. with what we saw. <laughs> boo, boo, Alyssa. What about you? You would have to actually pay me <laughs> to go what see the it. Heck? My goodness, it was a it was a triumph of of musical theater. Okay, I, all right. I mean, mm-hmm. it was. <laughs> Alyssa, he can do this all day. He can do it all day, man. How, how did he shouldn't though? 
How did they know he? How did they know he said that? I don't know. I mean, I, they, <laughs> see once again. Okay, no, why was Ant Man no, there? No. Hawkeye has a point. Well, I'm with Clint on that. Why was Ant Man there in the musical well, rendition? That makes no okay, sense. So, uh, that's actually a good thing to to, to leave on. The theory is that Ant Man somehow ends up in Avengers uh, due to his multiverse stuff that he's getting ready to do with Ant Man and Wasp three. Oh. That's the theory, and that's oh. why Ant Man's there. Think about that. Um, that somehow that. he's he's uh, he's messing around with the timeline, and that's how he ends up there. Um, so that's that's the that's the working theory. I personally just kind of am hoping that it's like they were just like, I know we need a superhero, we got Ant Man. So you know, because that's just hilarious to me. Um, Wait, well, he is there in Endgame. I mean, sort of. I'm just saying he was there. Yeah, but no game. one ever sees him though. Like well, he's just on the he's on the the uh, he's on the thing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but I yeah no I mean uh, Rogers and musical was bad. But I got to be honest, that is that's the main reason I want to see more of it. Like I just you know it, it was it was it was the most entertaining car wreck I've ever seen. Uh, and and I, I personally. Hated- I hated how long that last song was. <laughs> oh, I love it. In that I, last I was, episode, was why was that like? I kept thinking like, okay, they're gonna cut away. There's gonna be like a significant character waiting in the audience watching, and that's gonna be cool. And it didn't happen. <laughs> we what, just had what? to listen to that entire song for like three straight minutes. If 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 it does end up that somehow Ant Man goes back and changes something, uh, you know, and then, you know, and well, actually that, okay. i tell you what, that would be my favorite. Uh, I, I just thought that this would be my favorite, uh, uh, turn of events that could possibly happen. Uh, Ant-Man goes back and turns himself into Avengers and like, he's the one that writes the, uh, the biography about Steve Rogers so like he's the reason you know, but I can do this all day. He's the reason you know about all this stuff. That'd be amazing. To me. That would <laughs> I, I would I would laugh at that. I, I think I'd enjoy that. I don't I don't know if that's gonna happen or not, but that'd be fun for me. But uh, no, I just I, I thought that was a fantastic. Uh, that 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 was either a like there's something deep in that that we have not figured out yet, and if it's the A Man thing or something else. Uh, but I'm really hoping it was just a great troll. I just I, that's what I hope. That it, it I. I enjoyed the whole thing. I really did. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, well, I guess, you know, what we have learned, Jake, is that me and you are the only people that have taste. That's true. Uh, yes. Here in the fandom correspondence, yes, you know. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Well, guys, uh, I'm going to wrap it up there. This has been a good discussion on, uh, on Hawkeye. Um, you know, uh, Alyssa, Al, Jake, thank you so much for, for all of your input. Uh, Love you, friends. You know, yeah, it, just just a uh, just a, a a lot of fun discussing these things with you, and uh, like we've we've already discussed, we've already plugged some things uh, with the uh, you know with the Star Wars uh, uh, EU or or EU uh, as we're discussing it. Uh, but we've got a lot of great stuff coming up this year, guys. So uh, definitely stick around, uh, keep your eye open for things. Um, we've got great podcasts coming up. Uh, we've got some cool projects that we're going to be doing. Uh, you know, and so just, just, you know, stick with us and, uh, let us know what you want to see, what you want to hear, uh, things you want to talk about. Uh, you can find us on Patreon, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. Am I, did I miss anything? No, that's it. Okay. okay. Find us on all those, uh, on all those platforms and, uh, communicate with us. 
And as always, as we always say when we're uh, when we're signing off, Phantom is for everyone. Uh, you guys have a great uh, morning, afternoon, or evening, and uh, we'll see you soon. Bye.